Welcome to Axiom's Data Guru Podcast, where data experts share wisdom and insights around high-value audiences and all things data. I'm your host, Scarlett Burks. All right, we're excited today to have our own Axiom Data Guru, Linda Harrison, as well as John Bodino, Global Vice President of Digital Data at Axiom, with us today on the podcast. Linda is a regular on the podcast, and we know how she found her way from financial services to direct marketing to being our very own guru of all things digital. John, can you share a snapshot of your background background with us? Uh, of course. Thank you for having me. Uh, I have a diverse background. You look at where I've been. I've been on the consulting side, working with technology, building product at startups and large companies like Deloitte Consulting and J.D. Power. And all of that actually led me to Axiom, where I have been able to hone my skills in the data space most effectively and use my background to really help solve problems and advance the data business. Uh, one of the things that I really have learned is how do you keep learning new things? And that's where within Axiom, I run our digital data business, where I work with our large digital publishers and platforms to and their clients, which include large brands and agencies, to evangelize Axiom data and the value that it brings. That is definitely the constant in our business is change. <laughs> what you know today only gets you ready to learn something new tomorrow. <laughs> um, well, John, let's start off. Tell us what the biggest pitfalls are that a digital marketer faces. Well, I think you said it. It's, it's the change in that ecosystem and how fast things are evolving with new technologies, new capabilities. You look at voice you look, that keeps advancing, virtual reality, and everyone wants to move to the shiny new object when really it is the core and the foundational component of what they're trying to do, and that's marketing. So take digital out of it. It is really what marketers have been doing for decades. And I think that gets lost sometimes with the technology. So you have this uh, struggle between the technology solving marketers' problems and marketers who actually understand the people, place, product, the core values of marketing. And, and then the underlying information around that is people that you want to engage with. Well, how do you do it effectively? And in the digital marketing space, there's there's been silos. And while they're breaking down across brands, it's important that they continue to do that, but it will be a struggle for agencies, brands, and even companies servicing those that aren't thinking about it across the space. So education around the space and the changing landscape, but that's just knowing what you don't know mm -hmm. as well. So my recommendation is you have to constantly be learning and inquisitive and understanding what you don't know because there may be a larger problem that could be solved with another capability or technology where you may want to shift your investment. In addition to what he said, uh -huh. you have to rely on some old school things as well, right? You have to rely on the blocking and tackling that we've had for marketing for years, right? It's not a whole new world. We're trying to find people that want the products and services we want to engage them with, right? So, you know, targeting the right people for the right thing starts with good data. And that's where Axiom comes in. Mm -hmm. So you can use some of the same criteria of targeting homeowners, right? For my parents, oddly enough, remodeled a home they didn't own. That's really a bad idea. 
right? <laughs> so true. Yeah, they really got zero out of that, <laughs> except the house was nicer when they rented it. Mm -hmm. So make sure that you think through some of those basic things about your product or service that's going to make it resonate with the consumer and that's going to make them able to buy. So capacity, propensity, and affinity, right? Mm -hmm. Are they have a propensity for your product? So are they a homeowner? Non-homeowners can't get a loan on the property mm -hmm. or rehab it easily. Do they have the capacity? So do they have the income or do they have the need for that product? And do they have the affinity for your brand, right? So when you bring those three together, your targeting can work, right? And you'll have a much better response and a much better happy life, happy wife when you follow those types of blocking and tackling. Um, because regardless of what new technology or shiny object comes along, it's you still got to get that right message to the right person. <laughs> it's the data, stupid. <laughs> there you go. There was a t-shirt. Yes. Um, so John, as you're out there talking to uh, brands, agencies, our clients, what are the what are the shiny objects of data that they want to talk about the most? Anything that's new. And fortunately for us at Axiom, it's data. Mm -hmm. And how data is being used to help drive marketers their, their met success metrics and thinking about mm -hmm. selling more versus just clicks and engagement. And this is where enabling closed loop measurement and being able to know who you reached and when you reach them, and then saying, yes, they drove an action, that's, that's what's key. That's the gold, yeah. right? To do the analytics and to find out what's the lifetime value of this customer, mm -hmm. what's the cost per account, mm -hmm. am I getting my payback, so what's my acquisition cost? And then, you know, some people are worth more money than others, right? Because right. I'm going to spend more, I'm going to have a higher deposit, I'm going to make a bigger loan, whatever it is, there are certain people that you're willing to pay more for. So instead of sending, setting up a cost per acquisition of X regardless, it should vary based on lifetime value or perceived lifetime value of that consumer. Mm -hmm. I see more yeah. and more of that yes. from clients. Yes. John, the term accurate data is thrown around a lot. What does it really mean to have accurate data? So if we look at what Axiom is at the core, it, a lot of it's the people-based data. And we have a history of knowing who that person is based on name, address, email, and be able to say, this is who this person is. You can validate it. And we have services and we can, we've had clients who've actually, they go on LinkedIn and validate education. It's because you know who that person is. But in the digital marketing space, it's a lot more challenging because you have certain things like mobile ad IDs or cookies. And how do you know that's who you really wanna reach? And so accuracy is something that is not well defined in the digital space. What truly does it mean to be accurate? And what does it mean to have accurate data? So from our world, we like to be able to know who we're reaching and engaging in the in where we have PII, personally identifiable information, and be able to onboard that into the digital space. This allows us to have some more confidence we know who we reach. But also it's knowing for based on behaviors or other information that you know who those people are because we've done the due diligence on the data and how the data is sourced 
which is and that it's pri ethically sourced, it's privacy compliant, but it's also from the accuracy. Um, and I th it think it's educating the our our clients and brands and agencies that you know what not all data is accurate a hundred percent of the time. We know that it's always trying to improve and at least highlight where we know it isn't going to be accurate um, or what the potential risk is in using that data, but it's better than what we've done before. So we're always trying to move to improve. So yeah, it, it, is, it is an evolving and it evolves by region. So in the US or in international markets, it, you'll have a different level of accuracy and whether you want to be at the individual level or even out at the geo level, so or household or region. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think of accuracy as a, a seesaw, as a balancing act, right? So you need to have enough scale and enough data, right? So I could have perfect accuracy on 1% of the US. Mm -hmm. Well, that's not enough scale, right? But I could have pretty good accuracy on 75% of the population. If I'm willing to say, well, my income might not be exactly right. I'm not going to get it in dollars and cents. I'm going to look at a range. And even though Axiom might say my income's fifty to 74999 if somebody's one tier up or one tier down, does that ruin your campaign? No. Because... Sometimes people are willing to spend more than what you thought would be worthwhile right. or that they spend, you know, they spend down from what you thought was mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Now, I've also had clients do some onboarding testing, right, where they were using another company and they were onboarding their first party data and trying to make sure that these are people that they had in a promotion that they could do a follow up campaign to. And they found that shockingly, 50% of those people weren't in their initial audience. So they, they onboarded, you know, a million people. Half of the people that responded weren't people they had intended to have a follow-up offer to. Mm -hmm. They switched to Axiom and that changed, mm -hmm. right? That the people that are responding are the people that were actually able to respond. Right, right. That they had gotten the offer. Right. So it's all about using the right company and being willing to do some, you know, looking away when accuracy is not 100% perfect. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. It's normally really close, but you have to be able to defend the data at the end of the day. Yeah. And it's to understand the, the use case. Why do you, who are you reaching? Is it for reaching your existing customer base? Or in that case, you may not want to reach a prospect. Um, and then it's also the industry. And if you're going to give an offer in financial services, automotive, there's some, they want to make sure they know who they're reaching. But in retail, it may not be as, as critical to be as accurate um, on a, as a precise, on a precise scale. And we're not chopping right. off arms and legs here. Right. Right. It's marketing. It's marketing. Yes. And, and now your mantra, test, test, and test, test again test. until you get it where you want it to be. Um, so we've talked about this a little bit, but you mentioned the different levers that we have. So uh, talk to me some more, John, about the tug of war between quality and reach. Quality and reach, it goes back to the accuracy perspective. If you want it very accurate and you have a very defined audience that you want to engage, 
you may with a specific message, then your reach may not matter as much. Mm -hmm. And this is why it's really why it's really important to understand what metrics are you trying to do. Understand your objectives up front, and understand the it's the marketing funnel, and and it is taking someone through that to conversion. And and I get in digital, the marketing funnel is has evolved, but it's still the same thing. You have to bring awareness. You have to be able to engage. And if you're engaging with the right audience, I mean, think about what Netflix has done. They've spent they spent um, in a new show hundreds of millions of dollars to create this show, right? Well, it's not put out there into the theaters where we know they can make billions of dollars. So they know exactly who their audience is that they're going to show that and appeal to, and they know the investment that they're going to make to do that. And it's being very precise using data to be able to understand what your investment should be and your return. And they understand the conversion rates. They know how many people they're going to convert because of that. And so that's the same thing with campaigns and marketing marketers. You have to understand what your objectives are. And you have to know what you will drive so you know what the spend is mm -hmm. that's going to be associated with that. Right. It's math. <laughs> well, they, we, yes, we've talked about for years, marketing is part art, part science. And I think, you know, we, we that pendulum has swung to the science and numbers side of things. But there's always some math and some creative. Yeah, involved, yeah. Right? What's yeah. the call to action? Mm -hmm. what, what are you really trying to, to have happen? Mm -hmm. And is it working or is it not? Right, right. A delicate dance uh, these advertisers and marketers have to do. Um, Linda, we talk about um, Axiom getting closer to real time with how we action our data. What are the advantages of that for advertisers? Well, I know when I'm in market for a product or service, I tend to pull the trigger pretty quickly, mm -hmm. right? So if I'm making a, a purchase, I don't sit around and stew on it for months. My stepdaughter needed a car and I got a car in two days. I'm not gonna sit around and, and wait and keep mulling over my choices. And that's why getting data turned around very quickly and knowing who's in market and being able to act on it right away is imperative, mm -hmm. right? The Toyota dealer that I had talked to hours before, they called me back, I said, no, I already bought one. And they were <laughs> stunned. I said, you know, you've got to act quickly to get my business. Mm -hmm. And that's how data is today. We're transforming it and we're making data quicker to market so that you can act on it as the consumer is really in market. Now there's some longer term items, you know, I didn't buy a house at the drop of a hat. Right. And there's other things that have higher consideration or I didn't even know I needed until I saw the ad, mm -hmm. right? So there's a myriad of wants and needs in the, in the human psyche. And so we're trying to fill a lot of those needs with our different data options. See, I'm that consumer on the opposite end of that spectrum. I can ponder that purchase of those shoes for months on. <laughs> but that shoes is not a car. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Put them in the basket and see if you get a better offer. I have learned that trick. <laughs> <laughs> um, John, we talk about that Axiom strategy is to stay one step ahead of the needs of the marketplace. Can you give us a couple of examples of how Axiom's doing that? Yes, that is... One thing I, I pride with our team is really understanding the details and taking the different components and pieces and, and piecing them together in new and unique ways to solve 
these problems. And uh, so one of the things that we're looking at, we look at the global markets and understanding based on the changing regulation. And this is where Axiom, in, in some instances, it, we're very conservative in how we think about privacy. And to our advantage, when these changes take place, we've already planned for this. We've already been in the place. We, we hadn't just gone, gone and done things just to try to get as much money as possible. And we actually consider what the ramifications are uh, of data and privacy and thinking about it from a consumer perspective. And so we're staying one step ahead of legislation and we help do what's in the best interest of our clients and the consumers. Uh, so that's one area. Another area is understanding the technology and the data and how does that then align with these changing privacy regulations and with CCPA and making sure we are understanding what the challenges our brands are going to have and the impact. Because we may be advanced in our capabilities, like I said earlier, how fast things are changing. You can't keep up with the change in, from an education perspective. So we find that we have to constantly educate. So it's not where we are leading, it's where our clients are. And we know we can't always move them from uh, point A where they are to point Z without going through a learning curve. And that's what I think I, I enjoy the most is the education piece and really showing them and getting them to trust that you are the expert. But if you don't know what the latest and greatest is out there, then how can you prove that you really understand right. and you're staying trust. on top? Exactly. exactly. And it's talk a little bit about how important it is to have that expert guidance and education in the global markets due to the wide variation in not only what data is available, but what, what their particular privacy legislation happens to be in that country. Oh, yes. It's, it's critical to understand the nuances by country because we work with global brands mm -hmm. and those brands want to be able to, they have customers across the world and they don't have the resources to understand all of the nuances of the privacy and the legislation across each of those markets. And it does vary. And they want to have a consistent approach of how they engage with either their existing customers or new customers. But there's restrictions on each market. So you have to have a partner that's there giving you the guidance to help you know what is the best way to engage, whether it's for your customer and retention or it's for acquisition and how to engage each of those and what technologies you can use and capabilities and data to help solve your problems. And this is where we can provide that perspective on a global scale. And also, in the past, it was so difficult to get a global campaign up and running. Mm -hmm. It took so many weeks of pouring through taxonomy and looking at what's available in every country. We've made that so much easier with a tool called Global Data Navigator. We also have the a segmentation system that's global now. Mm -hmm. So instead of saying, well, I have age and income in this range for this country, but it's slightly different in this other country, and is that com comparable? And what's the exchange rate? And what's the living wage in different countries? We've got a rather simplistic but beautiful segmentation system that takes into consideration the three real things that drive. So age, homeownership, and income. 
right? So if you think about those things, and if you have variations on those, you can think about, and oh, so there's four things, presence of children, what people are buying, that can help you across all the countries make the same segment work mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. It's the easy button. There you go. Uh, and speaking of the easy button and our uh, platform that lets our clients not only build audiences, but then distribute those audiences, talk to us about what's available in terms of data outside the US now. Well, we have Canada, mm -hmm. we have Mexico, Japan, Italy, the UK, Germany, and Australia and New Zealand are all up and running in my tool today. Mm -hmm. So if you have needs for data outside of the US, while Axiom's been a little US centric mm -hmm. over our 50 years, but we've really opened up and my team was eager to help you with that. Great, that is great news. Um, Let's talk a little bit more. Uh, we've, we've touched on this already, but Axiom is really recognized as a leader in our data stewardship, uh, in our forward thinking about privacy. Can you kind of talk a little bit more about why, th why that is and where that comes from in our history? Well, we were the first company to have a chief privacy officer. Mm -hmm. And we realized early on that Data is going to be driving more and more things. But as a consumer, there's some pros and cons to giving up some of your data. So we try to do that balancing act again for the ability to target consumers for the right things. And so Axiom has really taken that to heart. We do it in everything we do. We go back to the point of collection of all of our data to make sure that it's permissioned for the use it was intended, right? Mm -hmm. So if the data was for reference use only, uh, like VIN type information, vehicle ID number, then that's the only thing we'll use it for. We're not going to help people do person-to-person -person lookups. That's not our our thing. Right. Okay. Um, and then finally, John, let's circle back to one other question. Talk to me about the challenges that are, that are posed for a marketer when you have a dad keeping up with his sports team and a daughter who's into TikTok and then mom who's trying to get, you know, the Amazon order placed, all sharing one device. What what particular challenges do marketers face there? Yes. This goes to the question around accuracy and understanding who you're engaging with. And also it goes to the level of granularity. Do you want to reach a specific individual or do you, can you reach the household or is it the geo? So in your example, you have different people with different behaviors and understanding the behaviors. And, and it, it, is a, it is a challenge for digital marketers. And I think this is one of those, it's, well, it's a pitfall, it's a known reality that you really know who you're getting in front of. And this is where on our team is to really understand when or you're going to be able to reach that specific individual based on a login. We know that there's certain publishers and platforms where it is that person is logging in on their, using their own information to log in. And so if you're marketing on that, that, that 
with that with that publisher, you know you're going to be getting in front of that person. Whereas then there's shared devices like Netflix accounts or Hulu accounts, which could be shared with within families, with friends, with whomever, ex ex girlfriends, whomever. Um, that do you really know who you're getting in front of? And so understanding from when your what your objective is, and then where you're actually going to buy and invest in it to reach those people. Um, and again, it gets to also the industry and the specific objective of what your campaign is and understanding that. Do you see a lot of variation between industries in terms of how quickly they can react or how quickly they adopt new things? Talk to me a little bit about that. Yes, there was a, 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 a chart I saw around industries, how they're digitally evolved and it does matter and it comes in the overall mindset of that organization. Mm -hmm. And there are several, like in, in the insurance space, there's several brands that are very advanced, mm -hmm. but then there are some that are not so advanced and slower to evolve. And I, I go back to the example where uh, Linda says she bu she'll buy things quickly, they move. Then Scarlett, unfortunately, there's brands that are a little bit slower and ponder and Unfortunately, in today's day and age, when you have um, such easy access to digital technology and digital capabilities, people can move fast. Now, it doesn't mean that they have the underlying knowledge, um, but that's, that's where it all depends on the point of view of that brand. And yes, the industry overall is going to drive faster adoption of that technology. Um, but then as you start looking to it from a person perspective and a people, whoever has the strongest relationship with their customer and understands who they are, we've seen advance faster in the um, people-based technology, digital capabilities space to engage with that consumer and their customer on a one-to-one -one basis, like in financial service, right. for instance. Well, thanks so much to you guys for joining us today. This has been a fascinating conversation. One I'm sure will continue soon. <laughs> so thank you very much.